Citizens of the Verse. Today is December 29th, 2950, and welcome to another episode of ReadCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-host, the always droll but never dull Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everyone. I thought you ran out of my intros, I guess, as you're still going strong. I will never run out of checkoff intros. <laughs> this is our final episode of 2950, and we've decided to take a look at what's in store for 2951. Uh, we've got an exciting year ahead, so secure your missing helmets, grab a double dog, and let's start the show. Uh, tonight, we are joined once again by an, a special guest. He's be- starting to become a regular on the show, Mr. Reedcast Hattrick himself, the one the only Seagard Olfsen. Yeah. Welcome back, Seagard. Yeah, glad to be back. It's always fun. Yeah, always it's great fun. having you. Um, for those who may not have listened to some of our past episodes, please do us the honor of introducing yourself and telling our listeners what your favorite thing to do in the verses. Yeah, I'm uh, um, a member of Reed. I've been, uh, I guess, since about uh, April. And uh, have uh, been enjoying myself, a good group of people. And uh, I think right now, it's, I, I definitely am a, um, I love the fly ships. The bigger, the better. Uh, don't have to be in command of them. I just like to take them off and land them and crash them and mm-hmm. do all the other stuff. Hopefully not too much crashing. <laughs> uh, yeah, usually. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been an interesting week in the verse, despite holidays going, going on. It seems like a lot of people have been very active. Um, I know the three of us have played together, I think at least once or twice. Yeah. Um, o- over the past few days, but, uh, tell us Seaguard, what have you been up to in the verse this past week? I've been trying out the new mining, um, uh, certainly working on 3.12 and trying to build my funds up. Um, you know, I started actually running some real simple cargo missions from a small ship, an Aurora, uh, which I'd gone out and bought a few of the, uh, some other ships to add to my semi-large fleet. It's pretty large, but anyway, yeah, I, I like the Aurora. So I started the Aurora's hauling and then, uh, got into, uh, carrying bigger loads on the Nomad and then, uh, carried a few on the, um, on the uh, MSR, Mercury Star Runner. And then I started in the mining. So since then, I've been mining, picking up and selling little packages, uh, Christmas presents, and um, generally having a good time with the the team playing uh, Bounty Hunter missions. Awesome. Now, how much... You just told me before the the start of the show how much you earned selling those little um, <laughs> Luminalia packages. How much was that again? It was 250000 <laughs> <laughs> it really was addicting. <laughs> so, uh, for those who don't know, the Luminalia packages are sellable at uh, commodity or uh, trading kiosks, and they go for a thousand a piece. So that means he found two hundred and fifty. <laughs> they do spawn in the same spots, so whenever you log on, they're going to be um, where you last picked them up. That was only um, so a grim bag. The same thing. And I, I highly recommend doing that in the Novikov armor. You can carry oh, a lot of that one. <laughs> no joke. Um, what about you, Chekhov? What have you been up to? 
um, mining, refining, really trying to figure out, you know, the most, uh, I guess, profitable, most efficient routes, you know, where to mine. Uh, so we experimented pretty much with everything, you know, with all the crew L1, hurl L1, hurl L2. Uh, now, actually, I'm doing MIG L1 as we speak, just uh, and uh, with quite a bit of success. Uh, I, I do have to report, actually, I had my little spreadsheet up, and uh, I've uh, initially I was uh, a little disappointed, but that was really my, my miscalculation. So my first run, well, I had three orders that I well it wasn't the first, but it was one of them. Three orders that I was able to refine and sell, and I kind of track the margin. When I say the margin, it I compare it against the cost if I would have sold it raw. Mm-hmm. Then I add the, the cost of refining, and then I compare that against the, what I'm selling it for. So it's really sort of, uh, uh, it can't really say, it, 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 it. I would call it net profit, not gross profit. Yeah. But it yielded me, uh, so that particular run, the first one, yielded me 105%. And that was grabbing anything and everything. So I, I, I more than doubled, right, yeah. by 5%. Uh, now, I did another one, which was primarily going out to the halo, and that's, uh, you know, really being selective, a little better metals, and that one yielded quite a bit more. I, I just did five orders, uh, sold them at uh, a Microtech, and again, I'm still trying to compare, is it better to sell Microtech versus Lorville, but Microtech, I uh, sold it for 258000 and that yielded 144%. Oh, well, well. So wow. that was really lucrative. Wow. So uh, let me get this straight. When you're saying 144%, that's 144% better than if you just sold it raw. Uh, th- that's that's correct. That's wow. correct. More, more than double. So if I would have sold it raw, just to give you an example, uh, even with the, here, the this would be... The raw sale I'm doing it right now as we speak. Uh, this this is what would have been a pure raw sale. It would have been ninety seven thousand, right? Ninety seven thousand. I sold it for two hundred fifty eight thousand. Wow. Uh, but but of course, I, what I did is you know it there, there was a cost to this, right? So mm-hmm. I, I had to add the the cost of refining which added another 8,400, but still, nonetheless, it still produced a tremendous profit. For that yield, that's a lot. Yeah. And that was just random stuff. No, or no, no, that's no, when no. you were very specific. Yeah, that, that was being more selective. There was a, a, a lot of uh, uh, baxalite. I happened to have laranite, quantanium, uh, hephaestonite. Yeah, so that was definitely somewhat selective. Still, that's great. That's great uh, insight for those who are listening, who are thinking about, you know, should they even bother refining? Oh, yeah, it's worth it right now. And yes, and I did everything at the longest, the highest yield and the longest uh, waiting time. Yeah, that's the last one on the list, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, correct. And age, if I can just chime in here, uh, I did the opposite. I took out my prospector and tried to do basically like play for an hour during the day, mm-hmm. go mine, get a, yeah, just a, whatever I could find real quick around Hurston L1, 
and then bring it back in and refine it. And over two loads, I was able to basically fill a process, uh, fill uh, a freelancer about halfway, almost three quarters way, and up at a um, Andromeda about uh, two thirds of the way, mm-hmm. and made more than uh, fifty thousand. So that's, you know, I figured, you know, 25000 average per hour, but uh, just keep chugging through the machine and you'll make money, you know, a little yeah. bit every day. Yeah, definitely. For the people who are time constrained. Constrained. Yeah. Well, and for newer players, like 25000 is going to seem like a lot, but it's it's going to add up quickly. It does. Exactly. Um, I've been, this past week, I haven't done any mining. I think I did it once early on but i actually have been focused more on the bounty missions um so that's been really fun one to see the reputation system actually starting to work in a way that's um, meaningful but also like great news for bounty hunters it's a profession that isn't you know the bottom of the totem pole anymore there are missions where you can make serious credits um the highest one that i've been able to spawn is eighty-five thousand. thousand yeah now granted that is a mission where i it's a um, miles i cart mission and it does spawn three um three hammerheads which are frequently accompanied by other hammerheads and or other vehicles so not necessarily Easy missions, so you but can't really, yeah, you can't really do those alone, I guess. But still, you do it with a group, and like, you know, we had a full hammerhead last night, and we were doing them back to back, and we were getting like thirteen thousand per person for a hammerhead, a fully crewed hammerhead. So that's uh that's still pretty good for a fun time. That's not bad. I actually tell you, I had the same experience. I did some ECN missions on my own and they were paying out 12k and i and i was doing those in a nomad and knocking them out so that's also not that bad you know picking up uh, here and there some bounties ecns yeah you can i I agree Uh, right now you know and i always talk about that how much can you earn per hour uh it uh, at this point doesn't matter whether you're mining or you're doing bounties it kind of uh, almost equals out it just depends on what you like doing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, and the AI was significantly better on the uh, missions, too. On occasion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't spawn. Oh, shit, I got railroads. <laughs> depends on the server, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so it's been an interesting week. Um, so... The biggest news and, and the, the really the focus of the re- most of the conversation tonight is around we finally got the new roadmap. Not a roadmap to the roadmap, oh, wow. not a roadmap to the roadmap to the roadmap, the roadmap. Um, it's different. It's interesting. Um, you know, it details quite a bit of what we can expect to see during the year. Um, sure, things are going to slip off. The things that'll be added. There's a ton of things that say un, um, uh, previously unannounced feature or ship or whatever the case may be. But for the most part, this product, this um, 
roadmap is definitely telling us at, le- at least we'll understand why certain things aren't at, you know, certain patches aren't as dense. Um, and you can see a ton of foundational stuff already. So um, first and foremost, the roadmap is sec- separated into two sections. We have the progress tracker, which is essentially, I mean, you might as well think of it as almost like a report coming out of their JIRA. It shows which features, which teams, and how long their sprints are going to be until they estimate close to completion time. Now, part of the confusion there can be certain features show up or certain things show up under different teams. So, for instance, um, bounty hunting may be a giant concept that has five or six different things that may or may be considered dependencies for a launch of that. Um, so you just have to be careful of, of setting your expectations when you look at that tracker. Um, and then the other thing is the, um, so there's the progress tracker, as I mentioned, and then the release view. So the release view is sort of like, uh, what we used to see on the roadmap. Um, and so far they're only going a quarter out. They want to go further out. Um, but they say really the most the next upcoming quarter is the most accurate or most likely to, to be accurate. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And then last but not least, it does contain areas within uh, star citizen, the PU as well as squadron 42. So you can see the overlapping tech there um, and things like that. Uh, you know, they still have to add a few more teams, including their core tech teams um, so not everything is on the roadmap right now, but they did say to expect to see some of the core tech showing up uh, next month. So Chekhov, um, why don't you do us the honors of walking us through what we can expect for Q1 patch 3.13. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and we do want to, I guess you, you did like a really high level summary of the whole progress tracker, but the... Uh, yeah, I do want to dive a little deeper into. Oh, I have a to- a huge list of things. To okay, talk good, about good. On that All right, so so let me cover the three thirteen because that's kind of what we're you know seeing in the short term and uh, what we can expect. And there are some cool and exciting things, and I'll I'll leave the most exciting thing for the last. So, as far as locations, we have four entries, and most of this stuff is in development at this point, obviously, because we're early on. So the first one is refinery station, uh, non-commercial overlays, adding on non-commercial entrances to refinery station. Now, can't really say uh, I'm going to need your guys' help on this if I understand this exactly what they mean by non-commercial entrances. Do you want to venture a guess, Seagard? I have mine. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of like a... um... I won't say a painting pass, but um, a decorative pass. That um, they have a they have more of a sooty feel and and uh, you know working environment feel. Right now, it's a little bit too pristine, um, and then and and it's around the entry areas of the refining station. So I'm thinking it's going to be outside of the refinery itself. Um, so you have, uh, well, anyway, that's how I kind of looked at it. Kind of like make the entry areas 
when you come in, you see all the pipes and everything, a little bit more suited to the feel and theme of the refinery. Yeah. That, uh, so that was my understanding. In addition to actually making it look less like a quote-unquote rest stop and more industrial, so maybe having less signage or having more specific signage around perhaps a particular um, refining company versus R&R. Mm. Uh, oh, good point. So it may have some of the R&R functionality, but they're, I think they're trying to make it look a little more gritty, a little more immersive versus being like, yo, this is the same place that you also go to get a double okay. dog. <laughs> right, right. I was hoping actually it's going to be a physical entrance directly to the refinery. You know how we have to go through the whole R&R now. It's mm-hmm. that letting us dock and enter the refinery right, you know, directly. But That would be cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> I guess we'll see. Time. All right. Well, that, that clarifies it somewhat. So the second one on the list is Stentum System Polish. And that, that's been an ongoing theme, you know, visual improvements to the Stanton System planets. I mean, they've been doing a great job, and they're going to continue to do so. Now, this one, I'm looking forward to new asteroids. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to come up with there. Can, uh, can you go back to Stanton for a second? Yeah, sure. System polish. The one thing I don't see there is finishing Crusader. Yeah. Yeah, and it also, it uh, won't be on the progress, progress tracker. Yeah, it is okay. It is not in three thirteen, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I was looking in some ways. I looked. This is what was missing, and I was like, "Hard to polish when you're missing an entire planet." And now you, you guys realize three thirteen. Uh, the date is Q one, twenty twenty one. So it's not January. It's not February. It's, it's not March. March. It's so okay. Yeah, it's so it is March. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, usually. So if you think about how they've been trying to run the PTU and and this past or, the, you know, the PU and PTU launches, this past release 312 is a perfect example of how they ideally want it to go is it the first two months are really implementing, refining, locking down all the features that are going to be in and then Evocati starts ideally in the third month of the quarter. Right. So March would be the start of Evocati ideally. And by mid-month, they try to get the wider PU release. And by the end of the month, they try to get the live release. In previous times, um, they've struggled to hit that landmark, even for um, wider PTU. So sometimes sometimes it'll be the end of the quarter is wider PTU. I have a funny feeling they're going to be a little bit more accurate here. You know, knock on wood. Gotcha. No, that's uh, – yeah, we'll see. Now, this um, uh, last one is really exciting. Cave entrance, drive-in, and sinkhole. I can't wait to see what they're going to do there. So finally, the rock is going to be used what it was meant for, I think. You're going to be able to probably drive it into the cave. That's going to be a pretty nice addition. All right. Now we have nine entries on the gameplay. Uh, Again, these are all in development, so we're not going to see them early on. As uh, Geeky said, we're going to probably see them closer to the end of Q3. This This is the section I'm most excited about, to be honest. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, there's, and there's a lot, a lot in there. So force reaction. I mean, we've seen some of it. 
but I think oh, we're yeah. going to see quite a bit more oh, expanded reactions to direct and then indirect sustained forces. Uh, missile guidance and control rework. Uh, they've been working on that for quite some time, and this just continues improvement, I think. Uh, convert missiles to use the IFCS guidance and control systems. Uh, maybe for those of you who don't know what IFCS is, maybe you guys can help me out. Intelligent Flight Control System. Thank you. So it's what our ships use to course correct. So when you're not decoupled, so when you're coupled, IFCS is essentially enabled. And so what that means is um, when you stop, um, you know, thrusting forward, your ship compensates by not just no longer thrusting forward, but having your retro thrusters fire in order to stop you. Right, right. Okay. Um, so that's the same process that they'll use for the missiles, which I think will make it more dynamic and it'll make the selection of what missile to use matter. Yeah, yeah agreed. Uh, vehicle names and serial numbers, I think. A lot of us look forward to that, right? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's also an indicator that we may be looking at um, the ability to customize the ships a little bit with decals or, or tail numbers and things like that too. Yeah. I would say this is probably this, the scratching of the surface if, if yeah. I had my guess. Um, but I'm strangely excited about it because yeah. um, I'm hoping eventually yeah. instead of hailing a person, you're hailing the ship. The time, yes, that would be cool. Now this is another one we've been uh, waiting for vehicle visual degradation. So we're actually going to see wear and tear uh, to the ships, not not just damage as we see it today when we, you know, when we're in a dogfight or or crash. But this is so. I guess that this is also going to be persisting. I'm sure, you know, as your ships get older and older and older, uh, so they're going to look start looking really shabby. So what comes next? Ability to refurbish them, take them to a body shop or something. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's in here, but that's probably what you'll see. Uh, the interesting thing is, remember, once you claim a ship, you're getting a brand new ship. So oh, you'll get that fresh looking ship. But I can imagine like if you get a big scrape along the hull and you repair it, it'll look better. But I think you'll still see some indicator that it happened. Right. 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 Well, yeah. The- Plus just normal wear and tear. I guess it, when you're claiming, is it, I, I always thought about claiming. Are you truly getting a new ship or did yes. you just refurbish the old one and gave it back to you? Yeah, no, you're getting a new ship technically because you're filing an insurance claim saying my ship was destroyed, my ship was damaged beyond repair, just like you do in, norm, in real life. Yeah. yeah. Except there's no you know space adjusters flying out there. <laughs> Well, maybe that's next, right? There's another game play. Check off space adjuster. <laughs> uh, that would be a fun, fun look. Uh, hacking tech, uh, creating the backend tech requires required for hacking. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've used, I'm sure we all used it to get rid of our crime stat. Uh, not yeah, sure okay. this directly relates to that. I'm, I'm, I cannot imagine what else they're going to be doing to to improve on that. It sounds as though it's it's probably tied to that, 
but it also might be a feature related to accessing other things. I would imagine it ties into some sort of mission gameplay. Yeah, yeah, true. And I would assume it turns into some kind of scale or um, skill also. Um, there used to be a, like a, a good one. You know, I could imagine something like in, I guess it's Star Trek, um, the multi, or the MMO. And they have, when you go to figure out something on your science scanner, they have um, opposing wave signs. And they're different heights and different sizes. And you have to adjust one of them to match the pattern. You don't get it right. You don't scan it correctly. So there has to be something that, you know, requires you to do finagling with a, a knob or an adjustment like you do with mining. Right. Oh, so or, or solving some kind of a, some right. sort of a riddle technically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this one, uh, Sigurd, I think you actually may, ta- may take advantage of this Merlin Constellation docking. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it because already I've been able to use the Merlin around like Hurston L1. It's a viable ship when you're around a space station mining, mm. right? You can go out and defend somebody with it. And uh, being able to do that on a cargo ship will just be that much more fun. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the next one is missile operator mode, giving players the ability to select and fire specific missiles. Yeah, I guess that sort of dovetails into what we were talking about before, having a better missile systems as as a whole. I think I think that's kind of where they're going with this. They're improving mm-hmm. the whole missile capabilities. And you could probably select from different missiles. So, you know, maybe you don't like cross section missiles because they don't hit as often for you as others. So you could change it up, or you can have more variety potentially. Versus being so um, specific. Although right now, don't we still use the doesn't don't we still use the vehicle like repair and rearm for missiles? So yeah, it's yeah. not like, but we can still select out different missile sets, can't we? Uh, honestly, yeah. I don't. I I don't. I've never. I've kind of fired them as they come up. Yeah, so that, that actually brings an interesting story. I, I gotta tell you, when we spawned in uh, Idris, I don't know if I, I should probably mention that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about that one as soon as we're done with the roadmap. Yes. That was really very interesting. Uh, how I took out Idris by accident. Uh, Sounds like a for science moment for sure. Yeah. Oh, they, yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, now here's the. This one is uh, really I. I, I think I really like this next feature because I thought the, the other way was really archaic. Law System V2, surrender. Ability for criminals and ships to surrender to security rather than be killed. <laughs> I think that's only fair. You know, yeah. uh, we should be able to surrender and not just die. Now, it doesn't, qu- it doesn't specify player, character, or AI. It just says criminals. I think it's meant for player characters. Oh, okay. Okay. But here's my question. And, uh, you know, this, this sort of came up on salty Mike's, um, YouTube. He, he, he posed, what's the point unless the penalty isn't as bad. Right. Well, okay. Cause if not, why not go down in, you know, in glory and potentially escape? Yeah, but it, it, it has to be they have to test. So right now, 
we're ending up in jail, so maybe the jail time is reduced, right? Yeah. Here's hoping. Yeah, I think so. I don't end up in jail that much, Jackoff. It just happens every once in a while. The other day, I'll tell you about it later. I think I've only gone once. For for me, usually unintentionally. Yep, same here. Yeah. Uh, Ship to station docking. So this is another one. Implementing the ability to dock ships to space stations. Uh, I mean, we all know it's coming. We're waiting for that. Uh, So hopefully... It won't be delayed. Again, all this stuff I, I'm not mentioning, but status is in development. So it's all early, early stage stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard they were looking at the um, whole A and the whole B in the, in the line now, too. Uh, not on the roadmap, but it's, yes, it's we will, in the ship We'll definitely line. talk about that for sure. Yeah, on the progress tracker. Yeah, because so the next section is ships and vehicles. Uh, Crusader M2 Hercules Starlifter is coming. I think we knew that's gonna come out right. again. Hopefully, right. not delayed. Uh, the oh, okay, so uh, I thought it was two ships. It is one and the same, right? Crusader no, yeah. M2 two different variants. Okay, okay, yeah. And and this Starlifter is primarily a people's carrier, right? No, no. That's the Starliner. A oh, Starliner, okay. The Starlifter is a is a it's really really either meant for military transport um, or cargo hauling. Yeah, Heavy and then there's vehicle. a version that bombards, like yeah. you know, is supposed to be for like hmm. like a gunboat type. So, so how much cargo space is on this one? So More than a caterpillar. Really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. So it'll be the largest cargo hauler in game. Oh. And, wow. And the and the area is tall enough to get a ballista in there. I think two ballistas and a tank, and a tonk. Right? Yep. Oh, that's an interesting ship. Yeah. And, and it sounds like there's a ramp in the front and the back. I I don't know yeah. how that's going to work, but that's what it sounds like. Roll on, roll off, row row. Yes. Yeah, speaking of the variants, the Crusader C two Starlifter is Hercules Starlifter is also in development. So you got both of them. Then we have weapons and items. So what do we have here? Mounted guns. Ability to use mounted guns in vehicles. Uh, not really sure what that means. I rarely use guns in vehicles. Uh, I or get on the, the ground, it says. Uh, ability to use mounted guns. No. Uh, you got if Once you click on it and expand, it gives a larger description. No, I, I did. I, I'm looking at the, the three things. It only says... On vehicles. On either a vehicle uh, or a the ground. Yeah. Really? Are you guys looking at 313? Yeah. These oh, weapons will offer greater oh, firepower. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yes, you're correct. Yes, I'm only right. Allowing to use counter mounted guns, the vehicle or the ground, these weapons will offer. <laughs> Got it. And stability, the cost of. Okay. So, that that's interesting. That's a very interesting. Game. I have a theory that that, my guess is that probably is going to tie into. Theaters of war more than anything else. Uh, good point. Or specific missions. Maybe yeah. homesteads. Hmm. But that's way down the road. And the last but not least, so like converted legacy data management to iCache. Uh, I hope it happens at the end of Q1. I mean, this, this is huge. I agree. Uh, uh, I would say set your expectations to that doesn't necessarily mean iCache. 
Yeah, so why don't we, I guess, read it verbatim. Retarget all gameplay systems that use legacy persistent data management system to the new iCache interface. This is in support of the wider persistent streaming and server meshing initiative. Yeah, you're right. The way it's worded, it may be just a, you know, on the, you know, sort of a, a way there, but not exactly done. Yeah, it screams to me, well, because iCache is such a big thing and they don't necessarily, when we talk about the broader, what we're going to see this year, you know, there are many things that sort of hit on iCache and sort of where that is um, that don't necessarily say iCache in it. So, you know, things like the dynamic economy. Um, But this sounds like a really good foundational piece of the pie to really start getting us towards server meshing this year, which is one of the, one of the core tech teams that does not show up on here. Um, So a lot of core tech isn't showing up here yet, which means that we don't have a sense of when it is. We can make guesses based on other features and functionality, including, you know, we know server meshing and pyro will be hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, that's it for the, the Q1, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot more to cover, you know, the rest of the year. I don't know if yeah. you want to dive into that now. Yeah. So so let's just talk about a few things, and I'll just go through the team list, and we'll talk about each team, and I'll quickly run through some of the things that are coming. Um, originally, I was going to go through, like, what are we going to see sooner versus later, but you know what? let's just assume that things can be pushed back. And I just think it's great to talk about some more things that we'll be seeing. So with the actor feature team, we're going to be seeing force reactions, getting more and more improvements, uh, zero G push and pull, which has been on and off the roadmap for years now. Um, uh, personal inventory. It looks like we're going to be seeing that this year and it looks like it should be done for Q3. Um, FPS radar and scanning. And as you can see, if you are looking on the roadmap, most of these are both within Squadron 42, but obviously the persistent um, universe. So, you know, lots of things here that are benefiting both games. Um, We've got cooperative locomotion. So having multiple people grab larger objects. That actually looks like it's coming sooner rather than later, probably Q2. Um, there's healing tier, tier zero, as well as actor, actor status tier one. So this means, um, being able to heal, um, others as well as other statuses like intoxication from drugs and alcohol, um, as well as things with different healing properties, um, and being able to heal players and NPCs. Um, they have a hints and inter- interactions, um, player interaction experience. So they want to allow hints within the game. Um, you've got bespoke, and I, be- I believe this is less related to the, the pop-up hints that are like pop-up video, but more like hints that are pointing to, hey, click on this door. Um, there's bespoke taking place. So th- this is something that I've heard a couple of different times that's around being able to place different items around um, different things. Um, so like the animation to place a helmet should be different 
from the animation to place a bottle or a grenade. So we might get a little less of this weird hand rubber banding when you pick up a hot dog and yet you're twisting your wrist a little bit. Um, there's a mop and bucket for NPCs <laughs> or AI janitors. That's squadron only. Uh, tier one prone uh, sliding, um, which allow you to traverse by sliding on the floor. The um, player interaction experience tier one lockers and inventory. So being able to stow things in lockers, etc. That's coming more Q3, but that that screams I cash um, and greater persistence. Then there's uh, you know more improvements to uh, traversing ladders, including using weapons, healing. Uh, I would imagine also getting off a ladder, like on the Carrick, when you are only up one floor. Tier two for EVA as well. So I believe this is where we're going to start to see the fuel consumption for EVA um, start to take place, which makes sense. We've got, now we have the tractor beam. We're going to have zero G push and pull. So Mm -hmm. you got to be careful about your EVA flu, fuel, not flu. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, visor HUD um, and helmet um, interaction experience improvements. So tier two. So new HUD display. So pretty exciting stuff there. What what gets your juices flowing, um, Seaguard? Uh, I I definitely um, I like the uh, lockers and the ability mm-hmm. to keep the inventory a um, little more. I, I like to have it yeah, more focused on a ship um, instead of always going back and dragging out of my stuff out of my inventory. I'd like to be able to get on a ship and have a set of armor there and have a couple rifles there and ammo and some food. Um, I think that stuff is going to make gameplay a lot better. Um, and it's going to make more sh- ships more. You're going to, you're going to tend to either have one ship with everything on it, which is going to be really awkward because you don't have enough space or you're going to tend to have mm-hmm. uh, a couple of ships equipped for different purposes. Uh, yeah. So I that that kind of is that's a big thing for me. Yeah. Hundred percent. What about you, Chekhov? Where are you excited with that set of yeah. deliveries? Well, the again, this is all I have to say. A lot of it is as you said, I cash dependent. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think I agree with Sigurd. The the whole premise and and since they, they, they were kind of teasing us uh, with, with with the whole notion of it will cost you a lot of money if you're not strategically placing your ships as far as filing claims and retrieving your ships, either time or money or both. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I think they pulled back on it because probably of uh, you know player complaint, but I think it's coming, and I think it's going to be even more so uh, than they did because you do need to be more strategic, but that could only come with iCash. As Sigurd said, okay, I'm okay with it as long as I can... I don't have to fly all over the the system and look for my armor every time and, and losing my guns and have no ability to keep spares. You know, it's not a question of buying them. It's being able to have them handy on the ship that I need and where I need it. So right. if I'm going to be in ground combat on a certain 
you know planet that's why i'm going to keep my my combat ship my armor my my weapons you know and reversely if i'm doing mining in the, in a whole different part of the system then that's where i'm going to keep my laser heads and consumables which you know i'm not buying period because <laughs> i'm constantly losing them so yeah, yeah i'm kind of but again it's all really hinged on iCash here so if they don't deliver on iCash early and let's say not maybe first quarter but by the first half of the year then a lot of these things are not going to come to fruition yeah well i mean i think the i think what's needed for iCash is going to be in it's the question is um you know as long as they get it in when they say they're they're trying to um yeah i'm excited for pretty much everything there you know, pretty simple stuff. Healing is going to be great. Um, a lot of the question here is whether or not it's done, right? A lot of these, like I said, have that overlap between Squadron and, and the PU. We may not necessarily see them implemented. So lockers, for instance, they need that for for Squadron for sure. But they may not, even if they implement the functionality in the PU, we don't know if it's going to save or persist everything. Um, or if a 30K happens, if if that stuff will still be in the locker. So whether or not we have the functionality, we may not necessarily use it. So you just have to be mindful of that. Yeah, it's interesting how they have pretty much both badges, 42 mm-hmm. and Star Citizen, almost on every deliverables. So that leads me to believe one of two things. Either a lot of this stuff is done on 42, and they're going to be just you know polishing it for Star Citizen, or or none of it is done and they're actually going to be in development for both. That's the big unknown. I, I think a lot of what you're seeing is they're prioritizing features that not based on how much we care about them, but based on what they need for Squadron 42 Probably. at the end of the day. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, which could have knock-on effects for the PU and add something to it, but might not be mission critical for us. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I look at things oh, like, um, okay. you know, if you're in the military, like in Squadron 42, you don't show up with your own battle armor, right? You show up in your issued armor and you're issued a weapon and things like that. Um, okay. And I could see that carrying over to, let's say, um, mining in a mole. You know, yeah. If I want to bring in guys who are junior and don't haven't earned a lot yet and I want to pay them as crew, I probably have to provide them with the Novikov armor for at least the mission and exactly. you know, and you know, hand weapon and uh, hand mining device, uh, and they give it back to me when they're done. Right, they put it back in the locker. Um, I see there's a could, could be a correlation there. Nice. Yeah, I, I see like my Carrick being fully stocked with things for people to use, but that's not for them to take with them going forward. Right, like the arm armaments, some armor, some right you know, environmental suits, a little of everything so that we're prepared for anything. But, you know, not to be like, hey, Seaguard, go ahead, take this, unless, you know. So uh, not to jump uh, ahead too much, but if I were to take a wild guess on what's going on with Squadron 42, if you look at Chapter 28, which, again, is the latest chapter that I see on this map, there is no timeline on that chapter. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I just found it. It's Q4 2021. So then that kind of leads me to believe then Q1 2022 
is alpha release or beta release of Squadron 42, but it's definitely no, not sooner than that. Or, or close to that, yeah. I would imagine that's going to be the case. It sounds like they're probably a little over a year behind um, and, based on this. And again, that's chapter 28. That's assuming... There's 34 uh, chapters. Oh, we do know there's 34 chapters. Yeah. When, well, then they're going to be more than a year behind. Because but they've already been working on some of those. They, they concurrently work on some of those chapters, so I wouldn't worry about that. And, and the 34 chapters is the three volumes right of the game right no no it's not okay it's only this is volume just one. for this is, this is just for volume one yeah yeah but why are they not on, on this map at all then beyond 28 they may have already finished them oh okay they, they because think about it the the last few chapters are probably the most epic and probably require a lot of a lot of energy they're probably yeah. the set piece chapters that chris roberts is obsessed with um, they might not be done with them, but if, if you could, too bad, we can't go back to the old roadmap, but you could see sort of like they were concurrently working on a bunch of those chapters. Yeah. So the, the, and they also said chapters are kind of loose. So that doesn't necessarily mean they're all the same length. Right. And maybe those chapters are the ones that mesh with Star Citizen more so than others. Sort of that, yeah. the, as, as you're finishing Squadron 42, that's where you sort of morphing into Star Citizen, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's actually going to be pretty cool, let me tell you. I can't wait for uh, for that. But yeah. uh, even though I did not buy Squadron 42. <laughs> I'm sure you will eventually. I, I will, but I, you know what? Can I tell you something? If I put those dollars even in the savings account, by the time they're done with it, I'll pay for the squadron three times and then, <laughs> and then retail price of it. You'll have volume one, two, and three all paid for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so then for the actor tech team, a little bit shorter list, you know, continue work on force reaction. So as you can see, different teams have different responsibilities there. Um, but then improving stair locomotion. Thank goodness. Uh, weapon handling tier two, which really is about introducing weapon animations while interacting with your weapon. So even while you're customizing, actually putting the silencer on or the suppressor on um, versus just showing it in the interface. And then um, they, they do have in a lot of these sections, but bug fixing and tech debt. So, you know, bringing things back, you know, bringing them in line with current things. So now here's where things start to get more interesting, less squadron related, more PU related. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got harvesters and uh, so live mission content team, uh, harvestables, harvestables and mineables. So this is the first iteration of looting. Mm -hmm. So grabbing weapons, um, bottles of water, med pens, even clothing and things yep. that you can find store and use. Very exciting. It shows some of those deliverables done in Q1, but it could have knockoff effects in, in other section so i'm not assuming that's when it's going to come in because obviously it doesn't show on the roadmap uh yet then there's the pyro system planet and mission setup so this looks to take the entire year which makes sense um we're probably not going to see i i have just based on some of this stuff and you'll see some other things too I think we're going to see Pyro launch at the end of the year with um, server meshing, static server meshing at least. Um, 
Then we've got delivery mission, dangerous locations. So this is interesting. Um, says Q1, this might not actually have to show up on the release view because missions might not actually do that. But it says here um, implementing uh, a mission where the player's tasked with delivering hazardous cargo to dangerous locations. So the cargo will be damage sensitive and must be protected while outlaws attempt to destroy it. So interesting, probably worth a lot of money. Similarly, a timed delivery mission, same thing, Q1. Uh, looks like they're going to update the 890 jump mission um, across you know the first two quarters of the year, um, including some body, body dragging to drag unconscious NPCs onto a ship um, in order to extract them. And it looks like they're going to include both lawful and unlawful mission variants. So that's interesting. It is interesting. Um, Looks like they're implementing some counterfeiting and data download missions. That's, you know, going to take a lot longer. So hacking terminals, this is where the hacking is going to start to come in with missions. They have an unannounced, um, looks like unannounced content going into Q2. Who knows what that's going to be? More dynamic events work. They're going to do ground scramble races in Q4. Um with improvements uh, to those races and bug fixes. And then um, it looks like in Q4 also, they're going to introduce uh, reputation gates for missions. So, you know, you need to have certain rep with corporations and mission givers in order to have access to a certain level of mission. Right now, I think it's semi-basic mm-hmm. where, you know, it's sort of linear. You finish this mission, you go to this one, as long as you pass. Wow. Um, well, they're going to take such a long break though. Wow. They just introduced reputation, and now this part is not going to even be, uh, they're not even going to start the work until Q4 of next year. Yeah, but, you know, because they're they're working on other things, you know, there's there's only so many people on the team. Looks like they're doing a lot with it when it comes to missions. Yeah. Um, here's, uh, so, I mean, what, do you, what are you most excited about? I, I don't want to move on too quickly, although I also want to be sensible yeah. to the fact that is, uh, time is limited. You know, how do you feel about these missions? It sounds at least the variety's there, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think the missions will be fine. Um, you know, we're just starting to do them more and more now as a team. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll be interested to see how they handle reputation when you have more than one person that's been completing missions together. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's a org reputation also or something it definitely gives you some access to other things because i was getting higher level missions than the ones i should have access to absolutely for challenges and uh PvP yeah. um sorry money run matters. check off your mic is picking up a lot oh a lot of, of, your, of your son yeah if you don't oh, mind sorry. yeah okay. um i'm gonna see if i can <laughs> the, just in case <laughs> okay um but uh you know, I think what's really exciting is um, with the landing zone, and I don't know why it says landing zone one content team because I don't see a landing zone two content team, but this is where we see Orison start to be implemented. So Orison, it says, comprised of lattice work of platforms suspended in mid-atmosphere. Orison is considered one of the most picturesque locations in Stanton. This includes creating all areas of the landing zone, including shipyards, habs, gardens, and spaceport. That looks like it's going to come in Q2. So that's what they're targeting as of right now. Um, you know, once again, features can shift. Where I'm really 
intrigued is right underneath that on the roadmap. It says unannounced. So it says unannounced, unannounced content. We don't know what that could mean, but it's landing zone content and it is for Q1. So should be interesting to see what that ends up being. Um, Anybody hazard a guess at at what that um what that unannounced content might be for Q1 landing zones. <laughs> I I think it could be Port Alisar rework personally. It could be. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day um, as I was flying my Titan in to Bezdek or something. Is that certain vehicles that are aerodynamic and have wheel landing gears don't really have an advantage right now. Mm-hmm. Landing strips. Maybe. Right. You reduce your reliance on thrusters. Um, just come in and land them. Perhaps. Who knows? I guess we'll see. Um, I'm not going to go over the things that we already talked about on the release view, mm-hmm. um, but Pyro space stations, they're on track for end of Q4 or for Q4, at, you know, ending before the end, um, as well as Orison v- version two, which is improving the landing zone with more shops, different services around the city. I mean, we saw this with most landing zones so far. And then it says ruin station, which is the biggest, most interesting landing zone in pyro which shows q4 being worked on it looks like it might slip into the next year though based on the way they have it outlaid who knows um and then last but not least creating more utilitarian versions of garages for both lorville and levski i mean i was gonna say um you know something when you're you're talking about pyro um the ability to fly between pyro and stanton right that whole technology yeah. Just makes me wonder, are they going to have that or initially are they just going to be able to choose Pyro as your place you want to live for a while? Well, we sort of have an idea because it's in another section, luckily, Seagard. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't see the section you guys are talking about. Oh, uh, the, the progress blank. tracker? Yeah, the progress tracker for me is blank. Oh, you got to scroll over to the to 2021. It shows 2020 if you don't scroll over. How do you scroll over? Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably the problem. Yeah, you can look at the current quarter of, or forward. Yeah. <clears throat> I almost think there's yeah, so much on here. Uh, should we continue or break this up into two episodes? There's still no, I, I think I think the one thing I think we should do is probably skip Squadron 42. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because it's all like Chapter 1, Chapter 2. Right, right. Um, really quickly, I'll, I'll run through this quickly for mission feature team, law system improvements. They're creating spawn closets, uh, security network version zero. So in an in, initial implementation of the security system, uh, lets players, um, trespass without having to get a crime stat. So that's cool. Um, that looks like it's coming in Q1. They have, uh, the first vestiges of the dynamic mission system. Uh, coming in the first two quarters of the year. That'll like be fun. Take Q2. Um, we already talked about surrender. Big thing that looks like it's taking almost the whole year, probably even going into next year, is Bounty Hunter V2. And if you look at some of the other things that might lead up to this, 
Um, this is about bounty hunters actually tracking criminals using, you know, an app uh, and it includes things like distress beacons, comm arrays, uh, you know, did they interact with an ATC? Were there cameras or NPC informants that saw them? So a ton of backend tech um, and, you know, includes things like even the NPC scheduler, a security service that they talk about. So a ton of different things going into that should be complicated, but really interesting. Um, of course, it's unannounced is one unannounced content. Can't really talk about that. Uh, the tracking app. So that's related to the bounty hunter, um, as well as uh, understanding the player's history of criminality, as well as the different the different laws in various jurisdictions. Um, more work with dynamic events. I'm sure they're going to keep you know continuing to improve that system. They're rewriting the ATC system to fit within. Um, server meshing because right now it's server by server um, system and so they need that to be a back-end system that's more universal um, there's something that they said is unannounced tech for q1 under mission feature team so who knows what that is uh, we've got new comrade status back-end update um, you know this is to incorporate it into quantum as well as the virtual ai system Network security version one. This is security systems, um, you know, around accessing doors and elevators. I'm sure this ties into hacking gameplay. Uh, they will be introducing Grim Hex Racing. It looks like maybe Q2 or Q3. Um, dynamic mission system version two is coming in. Prisons version three. I think this involves a more challenging route as well as, um, you know, more stealth gameplay and other AI interactions. Um, they have, uh, persistent NPCs, NPC spawning, subsumption service and server mission logic that's coming near the end of the year and dynamic population, um, which is to create, um, dynamic population across all the different locations in the verse. Um, so, you know, population shifting and flowing between different locations. Um, so a lot of stuff there, you know, Pretty technical stuff tends to tends to scale for other things. Uh, then we have um, what's called the modular system, and this is where you get into. Um, we already talked about the refinery overlays, uh, jump point space scaping. Q1 and Q2 work is being done on that. Now there's other jump point stuff being done in other sections, so this sounds like it's sort of the the um, the systemic part of it, you know, designing how jump points are made. And then it's the implementation comes later. Um, there's something that I think is interesting to probably both of you, as well as me, something that they're adding in game looks like potentially Q2 is the Akiro cluster, which is a cluster oh, no. of dangerous charred asteroids. While most, mostly worthless, some rare materials can be found here. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was going to say that's high reward, cool. high risk. Yeah, um, we already talked about the Stanton asteroids. I think this is actually just trying to create something more procedural um, than what we currently have with new organics and stuff. Uh, it says dy dynamic environment, um, updating the emergency outpost as a proof of concept for the new dynamic interior environments. So this allows players to actually move things around. Um, and then stay there. Hmm. So that's coming in Q1. 
So that means that this might be a little test bed for iCash. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, you know what's missing on this whole thing, and I hope we're gonna find it. Star map improvement. You know, it is. I haven't seen it anywhere, and I think it has. I think it's there. I just think it's either because I didn't see a UI section. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so it might be under one of the teams that isn't on this, but we'll we'll see. Uh, another interesting one that looks like it's coming in Q three is small home outpost. So we have no idea how this is going to work, but small home for players to live and shelter, which will include a central hub, some optional internal and external modules, and um, supporting the basic necessities to you know support a small group of people for indefinite amount of time. Uh, sounds like homesteads, but who knows how we'll put them there or if it'll just be something we can buy or whatever the case may be. It sounds yeah. like optional. So that that looks like it's starting to come this year. Um, spawn closets. We already talked about cooperative locomotion in another spot. Then there's another section about jump points. As you can see, this is where it comes in longer, right? It looks like the oh, first yeah. one. I think this is the one that answers Sigurd's question. Yeah, so building out the functionality, it looks like it's going all the way through Q3. Gotcha. Um then we've got outpost variants, so adding different variants to the colonialism outposts. So different points of interest the themes will be things like abandoned, mining, research, and more. Um, now, another interesting one, because we always talk about it, the official Aaron's Halo um, between Crusader and Arc Corp is, looks like it's going to be done in Q4. Okay. Oh, wow. Wait, you missed the most exciting part. Prisons version 3. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about it in another section, and it repeats. So it does, I don't know what it means in terms of, you know, it just all I know is it ends okay. in Q4. So, uh, actually, speaking of, I was going to, since we're on air and Halo, and I'm going to jump ahead, because I did do this for science today, because one of our org members said that the star map is incorrect. The official place for Aaron's Halo right now is between the Crusader orbit and Delamar. And it's true, because I just found it coming from Microtech to Herlel 4. That's exactly where it is. So we And we tried it from several points now. So uh-huh. what, what they're saying, actually, then, they're adding the Aaron Halo asteroids field between Crusader and R Corp. So they're going to extend it BB yeah. at Belt. Okay. Yeah. Well, and and as we talk about some of the other things that are coming up here, um, it's going to be pretty clear what this means because if you look at Planet Content Team, there are a couple things coming in, and you know the first chunk is what we already talked about in another section, and as you can see, while one section seems like it's short for for instance, harvestables and, harvestables and mineables actually don't look like they'll be in the game until Q4. Um, but, you know, other work is being done towards it. So, that you know, there's dependencies. What's interesting is, first of all, there's the sharp angular asteroid pack that they're building, which is going to be implemented in Pyro. Um, so that's Q2. So, the, you know, the Pyro we know isn't likely going to be in Q2. 
So, you know, they're just building a lot. But here's where it gets crazy interesting, and it ties into your Heron Halo, Halo, Aaron, not Heron Halo, Aaron Halo comment. Nix 1, 2, and 3 are going to be worked on in Q2 and uh, potentially going into Q3. Well, that's cool. So that speaks to the theory that I've had that we're going to see Levski probably disappear soon from Stanton system system since that's the Nix is the system that Levski belongs in. Um, as such, the, the asteroid ring that that Levski is a part of will also go to Nix as well. Um, so it makes sense that they're doing some of that stuff as well. Um, but who knows what, what do we think at this point? Nix looks like it's being done within Q2. Do we think, I mean, it doesn't look like jump points are going to be done by then. Do we think there's going to be a server load in or they're just going to have it ready to go and launch Nix, Pyro, all at the same time? Well, I mean, they always talked about all these systems and, uh, you know, and, and once they're done fully with this one and just a matter of, you know, replication and then fine-tuning them, nice. who knows? I yeah. they, they may just launch both of them. Yeah. But, you know. Well, and then here's the other cool thing. At the end of that section... There's an unannounced section in Q4, and it says unannounced planetary system. Hmm. That's so it. we may, for the end of the year or beginning of next year, there you know, the year after, we may get not one, not two, but three new systems. Wow, that would be cool. Yeah, listen, they, they should they should once in a while on the promise of a delivery, you know? Yeah. I mean, we waited, we've waited so long, even for Crusader and, you know, it's, I'm excited to see it. I was so disappointed to see it slip from Q1 to Q2. Um, I'm guessing they're just putting so much work into it and detail because it's really like they, I think it's the, supposed to be the pinnacle of the system you know but i guess we'll see so jumping on we're going to skip squadron 42 um the one thing i will say with regards to squadron 42 that i found extremely interesting is one it looks like the bangle is going to be done at least art wise much sooner than i would have thought because it looks like it's going to be done in Q1. So who knows if we see that up make its way into the dynamic mission or, you know, the dynamic events that are happening in the game. Um, but two, uh, it says the Xi'an cargo ship. Um, and it slates it for Q3. Uh, now it says squadron only. So, um, but that's under the squadron section. So who knows if they're just designing it because it is under the art team. I'm, I don't know how to make heads or tail of that section. So in some respects, the squadron roadmap doesn't help me at all. Um, you know, the one thing I would say is we're not getting squadron 42 this year. That's all I can tell from the, the squadron roadmap stuff. Now, so systemic services and tools team. Um, a lot of this is very similar, except the first, the biggest thing that I think we're all crazy excited for is the whole year they're working on quantum. And 
it looks as though, so it says, revealed at CitizenCon 2019, the quantum simulation will serve as the background economy for Star Citizen. Thousands of unseen simulated entities will carry out trade, commerce, piracy, and security to populate and inform other game systems. It shows that um, as going into the very beginning of next year. Who knows if it'll be in that first quarter patch or what may be, but at least it's on the roadmap. Um, and I'm excited that it's it's at least you know somewhere nearby. Um, we sort of talked about a lot of the other things here, and some of them are pretty um, you know complex. I think the other thing that ties into quantum that is important to note is the probability volume encounter density refractor. So for those who don't know, probability volumes are essentially locations within space that based on how many quanta are present based on, you know, whether it's a pirate or whatever, increases your chance of an encounter or a dynamic mission. Um, so that's slated for Q4. So it looks like we're going to be getting some really engaging dynamic content in addition to having a, a dynamic economy. Finally, um, you know, it's in our sights. Uh, it's not necessarily here this year, but it's in our sights. And we did talk about server meshing a little bit. I guess it's also in there, but uh, you know, one thing I think about is that really important. I mean, how important, like to me, it's almost, I'm okay with 50 people on the server, but I guess it's more more than that, right? It's big, yes. It's for persistency. It's for persistence, yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And and it's also a, a requirement for squadron. So um I think they thought they were going to be further along with it this year. You know, they thought they were going to be close to server meshing at the end of this past year. And they're not. So, you know, they must have had some roadblocks whatever the case may be, my, my hope is just, we're seeing it, you know, the elements that built contribute to server meshing here because they've solved the problems and now it's just doing the work or converting the code. And it's a lot of code that they have to convert. So it makes a lot of sense that that's taking a lot of time. Um, so real quickly under USPU gameplay feature team, uh, reputation UI, so a way to see what your reputation looks like. That looks like it's coming in Q1, even though there's not a card for it, if I recall. Uh, they're converting building blocks, uh, they're, or they're converting shop um, kiosks over to building blocks uh, this year. Looks like it's going to take quite some time. Same thing, um, they're converting the commodity kiosks to building blocks, as well as adding load timers for cargo runs. That looks like it's going to be a Q2 um, potential launch. There's the cargo system refractor refactor. Um, so that will allow both found and purchased cargo to be picked up, moved around, placed on the cargo grid of your ship. Um, so that seems like it's going to contribute to piracy big time. Looks like Q2 is, is where it's at for that. Um, we already talked about the iCash conversion dynamic events is almost everywhere. Uh, looks like they're working on, um, a building blocks conversion for the mission manager app, um, as well as to see reputational requirements within the missions. Uh, there's an asset manager app 
So in support of localized inventories, the asset manager keeps track of all your owned items, where they're stored, where you need to go to pick them up, transfer, and equip them. I'm hoping this also helps us transfer our assets over to someone else because it did say transfer. That looks like it might come in in Q2. Here's hoping. <laughs> well, that's uh, when we talk about assets, are we including ships now? Assets um, are any player owned items, as well as I would imagine um, commodities. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. I'm not sure if uh, it's going to include ships, though, because that's like. Probably not. Yeah. Because that would just be my guess. Um, coming by hopefully by Q4 based on this um, is a hangar manager app for your Moby Glass. So that that's all the functionality of the ASOP terminal, uh, as well as you know spawning ships, claiming insurance, accessing all the landing services, etc. Um, more another card with the Grim Hex race. It's probably just some more of the specifics. Um, Tier zero notification system app that looks to be coming near the end of the year as well, um, where players can sort, filter, view, organize, and interact with any notifications they may have missed. So that's great because we get all these like notifications. I'm hoping that also ta- speaks to a broader we rework, not we work, not the place, the company, but uh, the rework uh, of the notification system. And then. Um, also for Q4, looks like org perks and benefits. So, you know, using that reputation to get different perks. So maybe something's cheaper, or you get access to other locations, et cetera, et cetera. So good stuff. Where are you most excited, Seaguard? Uh, we need to hear someone other than Geeky. Um, I definitely like the idea of the uh, anything that's increasing uh, skill set, or uh, I'm sorry, the job opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. I think um, the economy was a good one. I'd like to see the economy a little more active. Yeah. Um, I think anything that allows piracy to be a little bit more viable, even though we're not a piracy org, yeah, uh, it makes oh. the missions a little bit more dicey right yeah Um, it gives our security a reason to exist too yeah um um, i I like the idea of additional um you know systems but to be honest with you there's a lot to do within one system right now we're not even done with that system so yeah yeah exactly um what about you, Chekhov? Where are you just super ready to go? <laughs> Man, it's just a lot to take in. Yeah. Uh, I am with uh, with Sigurd a little bit on the fact that, like, there's a few things that I'm not seeing, like, you know, but I'm sure they'll get to this stuff. You know, Star Map be one of them. Second, the simple stuff is being able to see uh, what's inside my ship when I'm carrying cargo, especially now, you know, I'm carrying a bunch of stuff and I can't really figure out what's where or, or what I have, where should I take it? Uh, being able to see on Moby Glass what, uh, uh, you know, which refinery uh, I have jobs in and yep. where should I go to pick them up? That's definitely the asset manager. I think that's that's one area that will be exciting. Okay, so yeah, I hope 
that that's going to be a part of it. So. Maybe not even you pick up, but you you transfer ownership to someone else to pick up potentially. Yeah. Well, yes. So that kind of leads me to say, what am I excited about is the org ability to play as an org. Right now, we play as an org more so on Discord, so yeah. to say, but really be able to come together as a team, be able to have shared org assets, and really do a little bit more planning as an org. I'm not going to say what I thought you said when yeah. you said org assets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to dovetail in a little bit what Chekhov just said, um, I, I like the idea of more things on the Moby Glass. I want yeah. them to overlap less with what we already do on vehicles. Yeah. In other words, I, I always go to F11 on my Moby Glass to communicate with the landing system. But I love the little ships like the Aurora and some one or two others that always have the communications panel visible on the ship. Um, I would like to see some of those Moby Glass assets and apps be available on the maybe the bed um, monitor that you can sit in in your captain's seat, you know, or your captain's yeah. bed, and you can check stock prices and things like that but i don't want that to be something that comes up in the cockpit of a of a ship and i don't want something you need to fly the ship to come up on your moby glass yeah yeah uh, i would imagine some of that has to do with the computer blades available on your ship and i think your ship will have more detail than your moby will um for certain things um i think truthfully well i'm one of those people i like the mfd for comms because to me, it's more immersive. Um, yeah, definitely. Especially, uh, you know, my ships of choice would probably have a comms officer um, because, you know, there's so many seats. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for a lot of those things, particularly the asset management app and some of those additions to the UI um, and, and apps. So then for vehicles, I'm, I pulled a pretty massive list that, is probably faster for me to run through than the progress tracker. So for the vehicles that we're going to be seeing worked on, with the exception of there's a handful of unannounced vehicles on the roadmap, and it says one for Q1, looks like two for Q2. I didn't see one for Q3, but there could be one, and then I think there's one closing out the year at least. Um, But what's being worked on this year? The Hercules Starlifter, and, and I think all three variants, it looks like, based on the roadmap. The Ares Starfighter. Um, and the two variants there, the whole B, the whole A, the Polaris, the Taurus, yeah. the Nova Tonk, which also says Tonk on the roadmap instead of Tank. So mm-hmm. that was hysterical. <laughs> and then for features impacting ships, the introduction of capacitors, as well as um, for a, a lot of the different sort of um, things like, you know, for your maneuvering thrusters, there's capacitors, et cetera, as well as the introduction of um, an actual physicalized shield emitter. So you can destroy and target shield emitters, which will reduce the amount of shield on your ship. Um, There's the conversion to sign distance field tech for ships, improvements to turret gameplay. So, you know, turrets have been getting better. They're going to get even better improvements to ground vehicle movement, Yay, Chekhov. You can use that rock more effectively. Mm. Um, they're going to do another version of the restricted area. Um, so version three, uh, 
doesn't give any more detail, but it looks like that's a Q2 thing. Improvements to fuel scooping. So both, um, you know, scooping based on the prevalence of different gases, as well as the ability to mix different gases in order to have greater or or worse um, success there. Multi-crew permissioning. This is what I'm really excited about, and I have a feeling that's going to be accessed in the captain's desk on a large ship. Um, Improvements to scanning and radar. Uh, A weird one that's on here is boat movement. And what I don't know is Mm -hmm. if it's a separate vehicle or if it's using a ship as a floaty boat. I've Um, seen it. It's actually anything that moves on the water, like icebergs. Yeah. Um, ship ships that have crashed into the ocean that are still floating and uh, things like that. It includes yeah. all of those. I'm going to run real quick to that section just because I want to know specifically what that says. I forgot off the top of my head, but it is a little weird. Where is it? Yeah, there's the shield emitters. Well, I can't find it. And, and in addition, by the way, they're bringing a few ships up to like gold standard, like the MPUV, the Retaliator. Um, where is this boat? The MPUV? Yeah, the multi, the Argo MPUV. They're bringing it up to gold standard, really? Yeah, AKA, it's like a slight rework, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. They also are launching Retaliator customization, you know, the different actual modules. modules. There's They're going to be launching vehicle in vehicle spawning, finally. Um, They're going to be having dynamic alignment to terrain for ramps and elevators. So no more short ramp uh, on my Carrick. The MFDs are being reworked. And they're going to be introducing mines and bombs. Interesting. There's a few other things, but I just, you know, there's the vehicles. There's just a ton, Um, you know, and we already talked about hull degradation and things like that. Um, Let's see. I, oh, I, I did forget. There's also a rework to the quantum AI. So better quantum travel UI, not AI, UI. Uh, within building blocks, integrate to the flight UI better. They also didn't mention the flight UI, even though we saw an example of this with um, Gladius. with the Gladius at some point. So we'll probably see that come up. Um, where is this boat thing? I went out of order, so it doesn't actually help. Oh, here it is. Boat movement parameters. Parameters. Creation and support for a new vehicle movement simulation and movement type for use with boats and other aquatic vehicles. And this is in squadron only. Paddle boats. So who knows what that means, but I guess we'll see. Canoes, um, paddle boats. Paddle boats. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have the weapon feature team. Um pretty much the same stuff we've already been talking about except there's mag stripping and refill so this is allowing players to remove some bullets from a magazine refill their own magazines um manually uh should be compatible only with ballistic ammunition um we already talked about healing then there's 
charge drain uh, tier zero. It says it's a backend tech task related to creating the first pass of a charge drain power feature. This will be used in future location and mission updates. Don't know what that means. I'm guessing they'll like charge something on or you know drain the power in order to get battery. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see something about that with the um, handheld um, mining device. Yeah, maybe something like it's that. It's going to be battery-powered, and several other things are going to be battery-powered. Yeah, so maybe that'll allow – maybe that'll be the thing that um, does it. Then there's also cutting Tier 2, so um, using the existing multi-tool to cut through specific objects, um, as well as free-form cut on specific types of surfaces. There's also salvage tier zero. Um, all the backend tasks related to first pass of salvage. What quarter is that in? There's a weapon misfire and wear. So that's on weapons instead of ships. Um, they're implementing fire extinguishers. Um, I'm not surprised considering we've been seeing a lot about fire. Uh, the crossbow that they showed looks like that's going to be in Q4 that really cool looking crossbow just for the record I want to see Chekhov fire the fire extinguisher while he's outside the ship oh. <laughs> outside the ship yeah I just want to see how fast you could go <laughs> he's check off the ship he's check on the ship um there's also FPS weapon overheat so you know similar to what we see on ships now and last but not least on this roadmap so far we've got plasma incendiary and disarray uh further work on these damage types to cause damage over time to actors vehicles and ships so that's the roadmap any anything stand out amongst everything you know, anything you were hoping to see, with the exception of anything that's core tech that we're not actually seeing yet on the roadmap because it's not there yet. Anything you were hoping to see that you aren't seeing? What was the timing on a salvage again? Salvage and, you know, this is under weapon feature team. So, you know, keep in mind that salvage tier zero with the weapon feature team doesn't mean we're getting salvage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's Q3 of 2021. Mm. I would have, I would have liked to have seen like NPCs for turrets, Mm. something along those lines. I think that'll be one of the last things we'll see. Yeah. That's what I think too. But yeah, I don't think we're seeing any NPC play kind of NPC for higher NPC. Well, as you can see, AI is not on this roadmap also. So, right. And that is NPC. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit... Yeah, to me, I, I would have hoped Salvage would be in-game sooner, even though, I mean, I have to say, they brought in a lot of features this year, so uh, they should probably polish all of them, get rid of all the bugs. As I said, there's a lot of stuff that needs improvement. Just, I mean, give you a simple thing. I'm in Microtech, and it's total whiteout, and my HUD is all in white letters. I mean, a bit as simple as yeah. ability to change colors on your, you know, on your HUD. You know, yeah. But be- also shouldn't your HUD also give you 
extra guidance given that weather to say, oh, look, you like, shouldn't it give you a little mapping of the terrain or something? Depending on the ship, right? If it has a good enough computer. Right. Like, yeah. Correct. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. yeah we, right. We, we always get surprised by the high winds, bad weather. We don't know what we're in for, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I guess two things for me that I would like to have seen something around the helmet views um, and that, you it know, helmet in, HUDs. It, on the roadmap. It, it's not on the roadmap, right? Yes, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I would like to see that, you know, you know, For kind end of, of restricted year, view in the heavy armors and things like that. Yeah. The, the other one is when they talk about, you know, the gold mm-hmm. standard ships, you know, the most popular ships in the, in the game right now, the most used ones are the Auroras and the, and even the alphas, right? Um, they are relatively simple. I would like to see those two ships become a gold standard. Right. Give them the, you know, if you're going to load cargo onto an Aurora, make the pod go on and off. If you're going to, the Delta already has the pot or the uh, Alpha already has them in the, uh, the back of it already has the cargo pod, yeah. make it come out when it's empty. Um, you know, they go a long way to allowing all players to play cargo Um the way that, you know, we're currently doing with mining ships. Um, I think it makes those ships more valuable because they're simple, right? You don't have to worry yeah. about two thrusters that are 30 feet apart. There's a single engine. There's four components, right? Um, I, I just think that would be a, uh, they'd be great ships to bring, always keep up to date because they touch the most players, especially the new players. Yeah. I mean, I would say they've both been reworked, but there's I'm sure there's going to be improvements to them. They they did mention, you know, a few weeks ago when the vehicle team was there that they're not going to they're not going to have any ships that are subpar that don't hit their quality but, bar that they've set for themselves. Yeah, I just think that you know, of all the players, almost, you know, 90% of them fly an Aurora or a, a Mustang. Yeah. Right. It, it's just they outnumber so many other, you know, Every single guy who bought a forty-five dollar pack gets to fly one of those, yeah. and it, it would benefit them to show someone, "Hey, when you buy into the game, you're going to get an up-to-date ship right off the bat." Yeah, um, yeah. I think I, I would imagine they're probably waiting on those because there's probably one a good enough kind of mentality. We might see like maybe the maybe the Aurora gets that cargo functionality when they do the rework of the cargo grid, for instance. Um, But, you know, I think we'll see. Unfortunately, the state that the game is in now, it's not really favoring new players and and or players who are sort of in that beginner state where they only have one ship. Right. It tends to favor people who have multiple ships. Or at least don't have a starter. Yeah, if it's a nomad and the rock works, then you're good. But they really need to fix that. If the if if the whole rock and the nomad play loop would be functional, it's actually could be fun for new players. Right. Yeah. The the starters are definitely the ones. I mean, you know, 
pick one of each type, right? The 100, the Aurora ES or, or MR and the, the Mustang Delta or Alpha and the Nomad, right? Yeah. Um, and just say, hey, these are the starter ships. And uh, Yeah. What, what I'm bummed about is, <coughs> at least I don't know if this is just missing from the roadmap because I don't know what team it falls under. Um, but, you know, we don't have physicalized components on the roadmap, which I thought would definitely happen. Although they mentioned capacitors, so maybe that's the groundwork for physicalized components. Right. Um, we don't see anything around other types of missions for different professions, um, like mining missions. You know, we're seeing more advanced delivery missions, so it's like more of the same but different. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they're using that as a test bed before messing around with other things. And that could make tons of sense, but it's just something, you know, that would be interesting to see. And we don't see, um, any increased reputation with like delivery guilds or, you know, different sort of other orgs within the game right now. Right. So those are some things I would have liked to see. I don't know if that might be different sections that aren't on the roadmap yet. Um, like like Chekhov said, where's the star map improvements? And please tell us that's happening this year. Please, pretty please. Yeah. Well, I, I do think that my experience is that things like that in development are done by um, an ongoing sustainment team versus mm-hmm. new functionality. Well, yeah, exactly. They have um, support, and like almost every section has what's called um, miscellaneous support. That could be anything. Right. Um, Because it says, includes general support for other teams, updating existing features or small tasks that don't necessitate a full entry. Right. So who knows? Um, Awesome. So, you know... Overall, Looks like we're in for a great year. Yeah, it's an ambitious year. That's good. Yeah. yeah very this, ambitious. This definitely feels like the year that um this definitely feels like the year that uh you know we we see even more sustainable growth, and then it feels like end of this year, beginning of next year is going to be content, 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 maybe new tons of new gameplay loops. So it doesn't feel like there's a lot of gameplay loops. It feels like there's things to help with gameplay loops. So with that being said, doth thou know what time it is? Monsieur Chekhov. It is the time for science. Correctamundo. It is time for science. Um, this is the time in the episode that we like to talk about what it did in the world of science, whether it was testing the game, testing out different features, functionality, trying to figure something out. So, Seagard, what have you done for science this week? Yeah, so um, one, one thing I did do was I did the, uh, I loaded up a ship uh, with one. I loaded up a freelancer with one of my loads of ore and it wasn't fully filled. And then on the second, when the second load of ore came by, I attempted to load that ship to see if it would 
fill up the ship and get rid of the rest of the ore, the excess, or if it would transfer to another ship. Uh, in reality, what it did, it just didn't lo let you load the ship <laughs> any further. It just loads it. That's it. Um, and the rest stays in your count. Um, so that was my piece of science. Great. That's, I mean, that's helpful to know. So no splitting shipments. Well, it splits, it splits it. It splits it automatically. If you had, it takes 300 and the first, the first one is 200 and the next one is 200, then 100 will stay in your account and a hundred will go on the ship to fill up the ship. Oh, sorry. I meant across different ships. So yeah. maybe different runs, but at the, you're not going to be able to allocate. No. At least you don't lose it. Right. You don't lose it, though. That was the big thing. I was kind of like, how is this going to work? And can you be efficient filling a whole ship or not? So. Yeah, that sounds better than I expected. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Chekhov? You said something about an Idris? Oh, okay. Well, that, that wasn't for science. But I guess I'll uh, that. Uh, thank you for reminding me. I will mention that because I think I already spoke about me looking for Halo. Uh, that's what I did for science. But th this was interesting. Not much to do with science, but by for, by pure, I guess, luck, a stroke of luck. So we we all came out to see if we could spawn an Idris, right? And uh, we got a bunch of bombers. I I was in the Retaliator. The only problem is my, you know, recently I got my joysticks back and I uh, still fiddling around with my keybinds. One of the keybinds that was new was the missile launch. So everybody's there already, you know, launching the missiles away and, you know, really bombing, you know, you know what out of the interest and it's really lighting it up. And I'm still fiddling, 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 fiddling. Uh, you know, by mistake, got one missile off and can't get any more off. I'm still kind of looking at my keybinds. And everybody already went back uh, to get uh, restocked, right, on the mm -hmm. ammo. And then finally, I find my keybind for a missile. I launched the, my my one and only missile. Well, what, two missiles, one before. This was the second one. And this one, and everybody's gone. Yeah, I'm the only one there. And that's the one that blows up the address. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome video on his stream. On yeah, and everybody missed it. Yeah, I actually have it on the stream. So at least I recorded it. I should have done that before. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, um, I haven't done anything sort of like purely in the name of science per se. Like, hmm, I wonder how, you know, how much of this yield would do this. Um, it was really testing the game for me. And for me, it was testing progress in the bounty missions. Um, and I have to say, you know, you can progress pretty fast. Um, I was with a couple of team members and definitely a, a good way to get rep fast and like get the more advanced missions fast is, um, you know, share missions with each other and complete them, especially because the, the targets some, you know, you get a few missions deep, you start getting, you know, multi-target missions where there's three targets across, you know, two different planetary locations in the system. Um, so we would each go hit targets. But, um, you know, it was pretty quick to just do a couple of the certifications. Once you do the, I think it's the medium uh, certification. It's sort of like the more advanced bounty hunting cert. 
then Miles will reach out and say, hey, we got to meet. That's when I start getting the really advanced ones myself instead of having to get it through Shared. Do you Um, actually have to go out and meet with Miles? Yeah, for the first mission, he wants you to meet him in person. Oh, where, where is he? He's at MMV on Lorville. He used to be oh. he used to be at Levski, um, but they moved him because right. he he's a Stanton mission giver. Okay, okay. Well, oh, don't you want to say a little something about the new spanking new ship you use for your missions? Yeah, so I fully kitted out. Um, Netsmage was kind enough to um, help me figure out how to kit my. Um, Anvil Hawk. And so I'm working with all gimbaled size one um, repeaters from Hurston. Uh, so you're getting six size one hits at once, all gimbaled, pretty big, um, you know, blast in terms of, you know, you, you can hit them pretty quick. You got to be quick though. If you don't, if you're not like fast acting or if they get the drop on you, you know, it's like a paper airplane. Um, and I do like to use when they start to joust at me, I like to use my uh, EMP. So I'll charge my EMP as they're coming towards me for the initial attack. As soon as they're right in front of me, I'd hit the EMP, I quickly turn around to, to get behind them. And usually their rear shields down and I light them up. Um, and when I'm successful at doing that, usually I can kill the target if it's a standard fighter pretty quickly. Um, this did backfire on me when security personnel ended up come, you know, quantuming into the region and my EMP hit them. So I got a um, crime stat level two because of that, which I thought was very unfair. And I had to go and hack that down. So um, we did get a couple of questions this week. Um not many, which is fine. I think a lot of people have been, you know, testing the game, maybe don't have a ton of questions, and they knew that tonight's episode was going to be focused on next year. Uh, can, I jump in the, for one, can I jump in for one more second? Yeah, go right ahead. A lot of an important lesson learned and uh, for science. So yesterday I was in uh, Reclaimer, and after a lot of missions, had a lot of damage, and kept getting the um, imbalanced um, engine thrusters. Mm-hmm. And uh, made the ship unflyable. Everyone had to abandon ship, but I stuck it out. And I I learned that by turning down the engine output amount on the engineering console to 90%, kind of like where the stealth settings are, I turned down the usage to 90% max. um, And I shut off the rear thrusters on the Mm -hmm. back of the uh, reclaimer. I was able to steer it in a kind of a cumbersome way, but I was able to steer it using the front thrusters and the main engines quite easily. And I was able to save the ship after going all the way to Grim Hex. But uh, lowering the output of the engine um, to 90% on the engineering station or the stealth station made the imbalance much less likely to happen. Oh, wow. So I wanted to pass that on. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been getting it whenever I lose a wing right. or a thruster is malfunctioning, um, but it still happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so our questions this week uh, both came from um, Discord. The first is from Ad- Admiral Cody. He asks, are there any ships that you've noticed 
which excel in something that it wasn't initially designed for. For example, um, when the Prowler was first released, it was pretty good at dogfighting before it was nerfed, or as I would say, rebalanced to be the correct, correct type of ship. <laughs> um, what do you think, Seaguard? I actually think the rec rec uh, Reclaimer was remarkably effective when we did some bounty hunting missions. It's got a lot of firepower and decent shields. It's cumbersome, but if you want to sit in the middle and let them, you know, attack you, it will take them out. I bet it's pretty good with the, um, uh, it's got the remote claim jumpers. Yeah. It's got the remote turrets in the back and then it's got the, uh, big turret on top. So it, it has more firepower in a single turret than a single turret of the hammerhead. Um, it really hurts the ship pretty fast if it hits. Yeah. So. What about you, Chekhov? Actually, because I was just uh, looking at the most fascinating thing that happened to me, which is probably, I'm not even sure how to explain it. It's for some, maybe for science, but it's very visual, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, but can you repeat the question, please? Oh, sure. Uh, Cody asks, are there any ships that you've noticed that excel in something it wasn't initially designed for? For example, the Prowler was really good at dogfighting when it was first released before it was nerfed. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, good uh, question. Um, I would have to say just the the opposite. <laughs> the uh, the the rock was designed to work, but it doesn't. And uh, uh, no, but I uh, don't see. It. I think that, uh, I'm actually having a really good time with no Nomad and doing the bounty missions. It's a very capable ship, even though it was designed to be, uh, I guess, a light uh, freight. Uh, the uh, I'm I've taken multiple levels and so far very successfully. Uh, you know, with the, obviously with some uh, improved equipment on it, but uh, update, upgrade equipment on it. But yeah, I would say that's one of those ships that can uh, uh, is definitely multitasking. Okay. Um, I would say the um, my favorite ship, the Carrick, is actually probably too good at cargo hauling considering it's a science and expedition ship. Oh. You know, it's it's a little cumbersome to get through to get to the terminals and all that stuff, but to solo cargo haul in the state of the game right now, it's too good at that. Now, granted, long term, I'm probably going to want to swap out one or two of the pods with one of the other modular pods that they offer, particularly if there's a more advanced science pod or something like that. Um or if there's some sort of like hab pod to like create a forward outpost or who knows. Um, but in the way it stands now, tons of cargo capacity for a ship that isn't really meant for cargo. Um, then um, next question, actually there's two questions, although one's sort of a joke and we're past that point at this point. Um, but for all of us, he uh, retor for mentor asks, what are you most excited about in the planned content for the upcoming 3.13 release patch? So we're looking at the next patch 
What's most exciting to you out of all those features? Um, Seaguard. Uh, oh, boy. I can't even remember what they are now because I'm kind of brain dead after listening to it. Oh. <laughs> um, I, can tell, I can remind you, I guess, on a, on a high level of what they are. I guess uh, the database, so- the, the uh, database movement that uh, over to iCache format. iCache. Yeah. yeah, not iCache itself, but getting another step done of iCache. Yeah. That's pretty exciting to have that piece of Cortex there. It's, it looks like it's unlocking a lot of stuff this year. Yeah. That's a different one. What about you, Chekhov? Um, yeah, it, it would have to be. I mean, there's nothing is more exciting than, you know, a step towards yeah, iCache. So it would have to be that. Definitely iCache. I will be the goober in the room and say I'm really excited for being able to put the name of my ship on my ship. (laughs) Um, And it's also a toss up between that and ship to station docking. Wait, is that in 332? Yeah. Last one under gameplay. So that means... Seaguard, you don't have to spawn your retal or your reclaimer, um, you know, down on uh, down the gravity well. You can spawn it out in space, so you don't have to spend all that time trying to clear Atmo. Yeah, a lot of fuel. So that's what's most exciting to me. Um, the second question comes to us from Retor for Mentor for Checkoff, and he asks. Can you please detail us what is in the progress tracker in less than three minutes? Progress tracker. We uh, we, we just went through progress tracker, yeah. and it took us about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you give us your quick synopsis in okay. less than three minutes? Go. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I actually can do it in uh, uh, five seconds. Expect Just expect everything to change. So... This is uh, uh, the in the three-minute mode. Okay, let's do the three-minute synopsis. Okay, hope fair. Uh, yeah, this is a, this is a tough one considering there's about. I would I would sum up the theme uh, if I were you. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 theme would be uh, definitely uh, a lot of progress in Squadron Forty Two. We could see that they're working pretty much on most of the chapters, a lot of stations, a lot of gameplay. So, uh, again, uh, purely my opinion, we should be able to see it early 2022 in some shape or form that we should have to uh, probably see that out. Uh, in uh, The other theme is obviously iCache moving along the other systems coming on board, like Pyro, and we may be in for uh, a big surprise, maybe two more, maybe at least one more. I would say it's safe to say that we're probably going to see two systems come alive by the end of the year. That's just my opinion. Yeah, we may be leaving Stanton. That is correct. Thank goodness. Although I love Stanton. (laughs) Jump point, yeah, there's always going to be plenty to do in Stanton. Uh, further improvement in uh, reputation, lots and lots on the vehicle side. Uh, we're going to see quite a bit uh, there. Uh, the, again, the, the, the big 
Well, the big unknown here, though, there's going to be a lot in development. The big question is what we will actually see playable. Same as sort of cargo decks theme, right? Cargo mm-hmm. decks are common, cargo decks are here, but they're not playable. So I'm a big, I'm, I'm big on, you know, there's a lot of people that get very excited just about the news and the roadmap and what I had. I only get excited like, you know, I want it now. Still, yeah. what's happening now? Uh, so that's kind of a quick synopsis of the uh, of the progress tracker, and uh, I think uh, you know Geeky did a great job in going in much greater detail. Yeah, over it. Two minutes and thirty five seconds. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, we all went into a lot of detail. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, um, I'm very distracted. I'm looking at my. Uh, Max hanging in the air about 50 feet, and my rock is on the ground, and there's a huge dilemma. There's no way for me to get from where I am back on a ship. I don't know why it's hanging. Tractor beam. Oh, wow. You just gave me an idea. Really? Is that going to work? It should. Oh, my God. What a good idea. I don't know, but it it should. I'm going to go try it right now. Potentially, if it's low gravity. Now, I mean, you got to do it right now so we can see. Do you have one on you? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm doing it right now. So go ahead. Maybe I'll give you the the report whether it worked or not. All right. So those are the last questions uh, for tonight. If you do want to submit questions, you can do so by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail dot com. Uh, submitting a message through Anchor. So you know, we'd love to hear your voice. Uh, also, you know, feel free to throw out any ideas you have around um, what you did for science. If if you have any interesting finds to share, um, if you have any suggestions for the podcast, or even uh, if you just want to say hello, uh, and then also with our Readcast Discord, um, you know. Also, as always, don't forget if you are looking for an org for a crew for your ship or to crew someone else's ship and you believe in being respectful, law abiding, and you're interested in research, um, engineering, exploration, discovery, read might be for you. Take a look at our work page, uh, apply if you're interested and hop on discord with us. We're pretty fun. Um, we also have a, a cadre of read creators. Um, so don't forget to, to check out earth as well as Nets Mage on YouTube, um, or listen to the music stylings of Admiral Cody and Calibri, who both have contributed to the soundtrack within our episode, as well our show, as well as um, a a uh, soundtrack for the for Reed in general. That wraps up our final episode of Readcast for the year. Seaguard, it was so great to have you again. Yeah. You are our first guest. You are our last <laughs> guest. <laughs> Funny, yeah. that's true, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just—it's just as he said. I go, ah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so super awesome. We're looking forward to seeing you all in twenty nine fifty one. Check off any news on that uh, tractor beam. All right, so tractor beam is on. I'm firing it, but I, I'm getting this little red X on the right, uh, and uh, I guess it's like a wait sign, right? So that means uh, that 
I am too heavy. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm reaching the, the 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 gravity's too strong, is my guess. Oh wait, oh wait. It, if if I'm as I'm moving it around, it's a lot. I mean, kind of red goes up and down. Yeah, I see. I don't know how to read this. There's like you have a to be, white. Yeah, you line. have you have to be close to the item within a hundred hundred meters, and you oh, kind of shoot the last the rope at them, the laser rope. Yeah. I think we've now discovered a test that we're going to conduct for the next recast. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh, mass limit exceeded. I uh, thought I just had it. Uh, and it, now it gave me the reading. So I guess I need to go on a diet. <laughs> huh. It's probably just because you're in some level of gravity, too. If you were in space, you'd, you'd shoot right over to it. So. Oh, man. It was worth the try. Sorry. What a shame. All right. Well, thank you to all of our listeners for your support this year. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, Happy New Year to you and see you in 2051. Yep. Happy New Year. 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 Bye bye.